How do you feel about Oppenheimer? I'm really just loving the memes, you know, Barbieheimer, the cinematic event of the year, possibly the decade. I don't know. It's huge. It is. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Carmen and Christina, and this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption, and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power, and community. And today it's horrible. <laughs> oh, horrible, you said? Yeah, it's horrible. It is Barbie Heimer weekend, and Again, we're Team Barbie, so yeah. I not I'm not one for Christopher Nolan movies or war movies. Um, he does like Batman, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and they're very long. And uh, admittedly, those are the worst Batman ones because the best Batman <laughs> is <laughs> who's the best Batman to it's you? George Clooney. Oh my god, and, that's what I was gonna say. And the best Batman movie you know is people, um, you know, the one with with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman yeah. as a uh, Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. Yeah, Poison no, Ivy. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> that's my favorite one, and people will judge that. I don't care. It's I love that one. There's no topping it. Wasn't there another one with Penguin? It's the worst reviewed one. Uh, th- that's the second best Batman movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, I, and then uh, he did like Dunkirk. I think it's called. Oh, it's I another didn't watch like that. war movie. Then Harry. No, I did watch it. Harry yeah. Styles oh, is in did. it. Oh yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, yeah I heard he can't act. Mm, I don't remember him being bad okay. or good. So yeah. can't be that mm. bad. Yeah. Well, the New York Times reviewed it as they do when movies are coming out. Yeah. It's not like a journalistic thing. It's just a, an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But they wrote about Oppenheimer. He served as director of a clandestine weapons lab built in a near desolate stretch of Los Alamos in New Mexico. Near desolate. What does that make you think? Like no one lives there. I forgot to mention I did know about like how he invented or something the one of the nuclear things. Well we weren't talking about him. We were talking about the movie. Oh I wasn't okay I didn't yeah. remember. But I, yeah, I was I aware of that. So I just figured you know who he is. He has to be like a horrible person. Yeah, yeah. To agree to that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I did hear about people talking about the movie because um, some people felt like we should be glorifying people like this. But people were saying that the movie's not really doing that either. So I don't know. I mean, it's a biopic on him. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. So yeah, near desolate. It, it makes it seem that no one was living there. And that is a narrative that has been taught in schools because, of course, the Manhattan Project, the Trinity Test, that's one of the things that are is covered in mm-hmm. public education. And yeah, they, they it's the same narrative. Uh, this was empty, near desolate, uh, this empty land. This is where the test was done. When in reality, there was a couple hundred people in the actual vicinity of the testing, mm-hmm. um, like 20 miles from where the bomb was dropped. Where the lab, weapons lab, sorry, was, where it was built, people lived there. People were displaced. Uh, several Hispano communities, and they don't, or Hispanos, they don't, they don't use Hispanic. It's Hispano, I guess that's a specific people. Yeah, so the term Hispano refers to people in northern New Mexico of Mexican and Spanish descent. It comes, it's different than Hispanic because Hispanic is Spanish-speaking communities from all over the Americas. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is this like a term like Tejano, like similar yes. to that, but for New Mexico? 
Mm-hmm. It is exactly that. So yeah, there was Hispano families there. Uh, there was indigenous pueblo communities there. The Navajo, and they were removed through our old friend, Eminent Domain. Oh, yeah, I, that's what I was thinking right now. <laughs> I just couldn't remember the name for a second. Even We're very well acquainted with Eminent Domain. And this is New Mexico alone. That's what I'm going to be focusing on for this episode. But people in Washington State, uh, like the Wanapum, the Nez Perce, the Yakima, the Umatilla tribal nations were all impacted by the Hanford site of the Manhattan Project. Mm. And that was in Washington. Um, and then I think there was another state that was a big site for this. People, people, and it's always indigenous, people yeah. of color, yeah. black communities that are displaced, right? Mm -hmm. Or low-income, rural, white communities. You know what? It made me think of Vieques. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It gave me the same feeling. Uh, Very similar story here. And if you haven't listened to our episode on Vieques, please do. It's terrible, but good. Yeah. (laughs) Information that more people should know, honestly. And yeah, people were displaced in Washington State, indigenous people. But I'm going to be focusing on New Mexico for this episode because that's the main site that's it's the trinity site where they detonated the test uh bomb that's where it was it happened that's where the movie takes place that's where robert oppenheimer worked out of you know so that's why i'm going to be focusing on new mexico but washington state it also had a lot of displacement for the manhattan project but before getting there let me just say a little bit more about oppenheimer the movie and himself uh for maybe people that don't know the movie, it takes place during World War II. It's a biopic on J. Robert Oppenheimer. He was a physicist. And so Lieutenant General Leslie Groves Jr. appointed him to work on the top secret Manhattan Project. And so Oppenheimer and a team of scientists spent years developing and designing the atomic bomb. Their work comes to fruition mm-hmm. on July 16th, 1945, as they actually you know detonate this bomb and they witness the first nuclear explosion which forever changes the course of not only you know united states history but world history naturally the movie follows oppenheimer because it follows oppenheimer and it's a biopic about him and his team we only see him it neglects to confront the hispano indigenous and asian communities affected by the creation of the atomic bomb they don't address at all the bombing the the dropping of the bomb in the perspective of the -hmm. japanese people you know which is fucking terrible i'm not gonna be talking about that today but i remember a while ago i saw a a documentary Mm -hmm. on the aftermath of the people that remained and were alive and it's it was terrible it was traumatizing i watched one with our mother did you watch the same one with us I think it was the same one. And, you know, all over all over Twitter, there has been discourse about like how there's no mention of everyone else, you know, and obviously it's a movie about Oppenheimer. But I mean, it, he he didn't think about those people. So why were the movie showing his life and his perspective? Think about those people, you know, exactly, exactly. But we're going to be talking about those people today. Um, And, you know, I'm going to be focusing on the hispano communities that were affected but yeah obviously the japanese people that the bomb was Mm. dropped on indigenous people like the shoshone the navajo the pueblo people Mm -hmm. like all over the west coast basically Mm -hmm. and southwest 
they were all affected by it. And I think New York, indigenous people, and we know what we now call New York too, maybe. There might have been something going on over there. I'm not 100% sure, but mm. yeah, a lot of people were affected by it negatively and they're not really talked about. So I came across this Twitter thread and I'm going to read it word for word here because this information seems to be unavailable everywhere else. So let me just read first the tweet and then I'll talk about the tweet. So... And who posted it? So this quote from the New York Times review of Oppenheimer film. He served as director of a clandestine weapons lab built in a near desolate stretch of Los Alamos, New Mexico. It was inhabited by Panos. They were given less than 24 hours to leave. Their farms were bulldozed. Many of the families had been on the same land for centuries. The Oppenheimer's crew literally shot all of their livestock through the head and bulldozed them. Damn. People fled on foot with nowhere to go. Land, rich, money, poor. Their land seized by the government. All of the Hispano New Mexican men who were displaced by the labs were later hired to work with beryllium by Oppenheimer. The white men got protective gear. Oh my God. Yep. The Hispano men did not. The Hispano men all died of beryliosis. These were United States citizens, folks. Their land was taken, animals killed, farms bulldozed, forced to work for the people who took everything from them and killed by those people. For 20 years, I have been trying to sell a film based on the story of Loida Martinez, a remarkable whistleblower whose family's land was seized for the labs. Her dad was one of the men who died from beryllium exposure at the labs. She later went to work there too. She's a computer whiz who rose to the top of her department at Los Alamos. Then she started digging for info on the Hispano men that the labs killed, like her father. She filed a class action lawsuit and won. The first Hispano governor of New Mexico, Bill Richardson, appointed Loida to run the state's Human Rights Commission. She then filed a second class action against Los Alamos on behalf of the women scientists not paid fairly. But no, we want more films about the complex and troubled heroic white men who conducted their genius in a virtually unpopulated, this is in quotations, yeah, yeah, yeah. virtually unpopulated place. These are all lies. This is mythology in service to white supremacy and the military industrial complex masquerading as quote unquote nuanced because of what the labs did to the local Hispano people of northern New Mexico, our communities now have the highest rates of heroin overdose in the nation. The generational trauma and forced poverty is outrageous. We need real stories of Oppenheimer to be told. Loida Martinez, know her name, one of the bravest and most important women in American history. Loida's mother and father, her dad, was driven off their family's land when Oppenheimer and the U.S. government seized it to make labs. They then hired him, made him work with beryllium without protective gear. He died of beryliosis like many did. And that was um, that was the thread. It was by Alyssa Lynn Valdez. She's a journalist. And of course, many people in the thread were calling her a liar and that none of this is true. So, but what is their basis for that? Because <laughs> they want to watch a Christopher Nolan movie. That's it. That's their basis. Yeah. Uh, well, it's very difficult to find any information on Loida Martinez herself online. Mm -hmm. um, and when she was asked like in the thread, like more information on where to read about this, she was like, unfortunately, there is no information. What I take from this is that she has spoken to Loida herself. Yeah, for and and like written all this down, but there's no book or like movie mm -hmm. about this. There is a lawsuit that I found, but that's what I was gonna say. Then if she won class action lawsuits, then 
you can't say this is a lie. Yeah. I found the second lawsuit mentioned in this thread where they weren't getting equal pay, the women scientists. Mm-hmm. I could not find any info on the first lawsuit mentioned in here about, it was, I think, about the PPE. Yeah, she filed a, uh, yeah, because it doesn't say, it just says she filed a class action lawsuit and won. And then it later says she filed a second mm-hmm. lawsuit and won. Was it, the, was it like a wrongful death type lawsuit over the... I wonder, but there is... Because I couldn't find a lawsuit with like her name on it, but there is lawsuits that exist for the lack of PPE for people that worked in mining uranium, which mm-hmm. was needed for the bomb. Uh, there's lawsuits like that that do exist because miners, you know, had no PPE and they were working with the stuff. Janitors, mm. people that worked in the labs have also filed lawsuits. So even though I could not find one with her name on it, they do exist. But people are, are saying that she's lying this journalist because there's no information online about it mm-hmm. but even though there's not specific specific information about loida martinez and her family there are lawsuits that are similar to this mm-hmm. and there's information from people who are not her who witnessed or lived through this displacement mm-hmm. And so, like, it just takes some searching to find other accounts, even though you can't. There's no interviews of Loida Martinez herself talking about this. There's other people mm-hmm. who said, yeah, we got kicked out. Our land was taken. Mm-hmm. This happened. And so the people don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And none of this sounds outrageous to me. No. I mean, it it sounds like something that has happened time and time and time again, countless times here. Countless times to to people of color, to immigrant communities, to black communities, mm-hmm. indigenous communities. Like it's never ending. Uh, yeah. You know, like we said, our old friend, eminent domain. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened in Central Park. It happened in, I mean, countless, countless places. We have already had a couple episodes yeah. where eminent domain is happening and people are forcibly removed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. like the building of highways, like. This isn't new, which is I'm like, yeah, it sounds real. Like, so I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't sound unrealistic at all. Yeah. Yeah. Only to people who don't want to hear the truth. Mm -hmm. Like I said, even though there's no information on Loida Martinez and her parents and their displacement online, there are accounts of people sharing a similar story. The following is information from an interview from 2008 with a woman. Her name is Rosario Martinez Fiori, Fiorillo, sorry, I couldn't say hmm. her last name. <laughs> it was done by the Voices of the Manhattan Project Atomic Heritage Foundation. It's an hour-long interview. It can be found on YouTube. We will link it in the show notes. But yeah, you can hear her talking about this. And I've only included a little bit. Otherwise, this would be like three hours long. <laughs> so Rosario Martinez Fiorillo grew up in northern New Mexico during the Manhattan Project. Her ancestors built the Romero Cabin, and this is like now a historic landmark in downtown Los Alamos. It was not always in downtown Los Alamos. Uh, The original location of the Romero Cabin was where the labs were built for the Manhattan Project. So her family was forced to leave this area. So later, the Romero cabin was rebuilt, like the same pieces and everything. And it was moved to downtown Los Alamos to be preserved. So her grandparents were evicted by the U.S. government for the Manhattan Project. In the late 1800s, her great grandparents, 
David Romero and Francisquita Duran Romero. That's such a I cute name. name. It's not yeah. Francisco, it's Francisquita. Yeah. That's so cute. They had applied for a homestead, and, and this is the late 1800s, and they received it. They had a grant, and it was 160 acres in Los Alamos. So they built a tiny little log cabin in this acreage they had just gotten through this homestead grant. They have a paper that said from from President Woodrow Wilson, because back then people were, were applying for and And obviously this land was already someone yeah. else's, yeah. right? The, we're not discrediting that at all. This land was not to be given away, but it was taken mm-hmm. from other people, indigenous people, and then given away because it manifests destiny, yeah. blah, 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 right? So they got their homestead and they had a little deed that was like, here's your land granted by the United States government from President Woodrow Wilson. Like that's on the paper they had, which is why I think now it's such a thing for like Latino Mexican families to be like, aquí están los papeles de la tierra. Mm. (laughs) The papers, um, because they were real, like people got these papers, right? And this was the late 1800s that they had this paper saying this is theirs. And yeah, they went out there, they built a log cabin and they had a little farm out there because part of the ho- the homestead was like, yeah, but you have to go out to this land and live there and yeah. work it. And they did. They had a little farm. They had their livestock. And, you know, during the interview, she, uh, Rosario, is recalling like, yeah, there was other families there. There was the Garcias, the Montoñas, the Gomez family, and she named several others, but all of these people had farms up there. And then she also mentions, yeah, and then there was Pueblo, and um, mm-hmm. she's old, so she didn't say indigenous people, but, yeah. you know, we don't use that word anymore. So she um, says there's Pueblo, there was Pueblo people living there too. Um, she recalls all this, like this community existed, it was there. So then the interviewer asks her what her family's reaction was to their land being taken. And I'm going to read this as it's the transcript says, has it like as she Mm -hmm. says it, just because, you know, in her own words, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to rephrase that. So he asked, what was the reaction from your ancestors about the army taking over the land? And she says, all I know from interviewing these other people, too, I found letters that said, Estos son los papeles de la tierra. These are the land papers. They used to call my grandmother. My grandmother wrote, and their papeles de la tierra, where they had the papers, and it said 160 acres. They came and they told them to leave. They had to leave because there was soldiers. They saw them in uniform. And so they said, well, we have to get out. My grandparents didn't have much to get out except their equipment, but they couldn't go back up there and continue farming. They told them that they would pay them, but they never did. One time they offered a $7 an acre. They offered them $7 an acre, but they never gave them money. I don't think so. They had to give up their land. They couldn't farm anymore. What else could they do? They were frightened by these people in uniform. They came with guns and whatnot. All of a sudden, they came to them and they told them, you can't come, you can't plant here anymore. We're taking over. The government is taking your land. And yeah, that's what she said. And that, I mean, minus the whole like shooting animals and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, the the military went over there and took their land, which is what the tweet said. Yeah. Um, the thread. So and then, you know, according to her, the family was never compensated. They never received money for the land that was taken. And um, I mean, this is just one account of how they were removed. 
displacement, their land being taken, that was not the only damage caused by Oppenheimer and the bomb. The detonation of that test bomb on July 16th, 1945, it caused health problems that spanned generations. So when she says in the that Twitter thread, when she said like Oppenheimer and his team and this bomb caused generations of uh, trauma, this area is now the highest in like heroin addiction, I think she wrote. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, their land was taken. This is how they made money. They no longer had that. Then their only options for employment was these labs. And these labs didn't last forever. And so when they made this area dependent on a yeah. certain uh, industry and the industry's gone, what does that leave? Poverty. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And then health issues that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe don't let people work. Yeah. There's going to be problems health problems caused by the detonation of the bomb itself, you know, apart from all the damage that displacement being forcibly removed from your land will do. Mm -hmm. So before the actual detonation, there was a meteorologist that warned Oppenheimer and the team that the day they wanted to do this test, detonate the bomb, the weather was not going to be ideal. There was a storm and a wind, right? And so he told them, like, the fallout is going to be far and wide over New Mexico's civilian population. He didn't recommend going through with it, as well as two or three doctors who also wow. recommended against it. This uh, meteorologist said, right in the middle of a period of a thund- of thunderstorm, what, of a, what son of a bitch could have done this? <laughs> what he wrote in his journal about the scheduled test uh but you know they proceeded anyway the bomb went off there was several seconds of absolute light and then uh the bomb's plutonium formed a mushroom cloud over thirty-eight thousand, sorry 3800 feet high and you know the reaction of the team watching this happen is very well recorded uh, especially now with the movie's release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at some point Oppenheimer quoted like, oh, I'm deaf now. Like, shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That actually, everyone knows the quote, though. I'm yeah, not I've say seen, it. I've heard it or mm-hmm. whatever, read it. And I mean, yeah. to have that um, fucking mentality. Grand- yeah. And uh-huh. yeah, that mentality, like, it's, you know, not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the team laughed, some cried, some were horrified. You know, for years, we know we know what their reaction was. However, to this day, the reaction of those affected by this test bomb, not widely known, not discussed enough. Hispano families and ind- indigenous communities that surrounded the Trinity location, the Trinity test was the bomb test itself. That's mm-hmm. what they called the Trinity. And so the people that lived right in the vicinity they were not warned about the test they were never told what was happening this was top secret right and so even though there was some people in the know some doctors who recommended evacuation Mm -hmm. they were then discouraged from actually evacuating anyone because this was top secret that was the reason they didn't want anyone to know and so because of that they weren't going to evacuate and how how close were they from the so there was 121 people living 20 miles oh. from Trinity. Well, in the 20 miles next to Trinity. So like if you put a circle. Like within the 20 mile radius. Yes. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then 
50 miles, there was 1,300 people, 50 miles from Trinity. And this included, you know, communities, but also parts of the Mescalero Apache Reservation. Mm, Wow. And yeah, there was no warning. There was no evacuation because they weren't told it happened. The families directly downwind from the immediate test site. They continued drinking from cisterns. Cisterns are water water storage systems. There was Mm -hmm. no running water at this time in these communities. So they had wells. They had these cisterns. um, They had ponds. That's how they got water. They collect some of them collected rainwater. You know, they, they continued using that same water. They were cooking and cleaning with it. They were eating um, from their livestock. So what did they, sorry, what did they feel like in the immediate aftermath of it? Like, oh, well, some people felt the shook. Okay. But like health wise, immediately, nothing Mm -hmm. other than like, what was that Mm -hmm. shake? What was that big shake? Um, But yeah, they're, but, and they didn't know their water and their livestock had been contaminated Mm -hmm. with radiation they had no idea and the following are different accounts from them they're now you know called downwinders is the term for all of them and the following is just a few accounts these are from the science history institute museum and library i'm going to link that in the show notes too because i put like three or four in here but there was a lot in there worth reading um and pictures and the website also has their pictures so henry was 11 years old and living in Tula Rosa when the bomb went off about 50 miles so he's 50 miles from the from the test site mm-hmm. and he thought to himself the world is coming to an end because of the the wow. shake that he felt and he could see the cloud and the the cloud of the fallout was moving towards the mountain uh, and then there was this other dark the cloud that shifted south and came back towards where he was and he remembers telling his mom, aquí viene la bola para atrás. The ball is coming back. That's what he called the mm-hmm. cloud. Like, oh, the cloud is coming back. And he said that there was like this weird, not substance, but like this cloudy material. You could see it land and fall. Wow. And he, it was on their roofs, on the garden, on the milk cows, rabbits, pigs, turkeys, all their livestock. And he says, all we had was rainwater from the cistern and ditch water. All the debris from our roof was in the cistern after the first rainfall. He ended up getting cancer Mm. in the salivary gland. Then the treatment, radiation treatment, caused osteoradionecrosis and damaged his carotid artery. His brother had died of cancer already. His two sisters are cancer survivors. Henry himself died of cancer in January 2022. Oh. That's a whole family yeah, with a whole cancer. Family. I mean, these numbers alone with this family alone, kind of like this is out of typical, you know, it's not normal. rates of cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernice Gutierrez, she was only eight days old when the bomb went oh. off, less than 40 miles west from her home in Car- Carrizoso. She now says, I never heard a thing about the test. I knew the bomb had been tested, but my family did not talk about it. Her mom and her brother were both diagnosed with thyroid cancer in the 1990s. When she went to her endocrinologist, they had asked if their family had ever been exposed to radiation just because that doctor could see like a a mom and a brother both with the same type of cancer. Like he thought that was weird. Like, hey, this isn't normal. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when she really found out how close they were to 
the detonation. And that doctor is the one who told them like, yeah, exposure to the fallout from nuclear weapons is a proven risk for thyroid cancer. And uh, that's when she found that out. Wow. Bernice's own daughter also developed thyroid cancer. So this is already a generation removed from Mm -hmm. the people that were actually there when the test was detonated or when the test bomb was detonated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And so Bernice had her own thyroid gland removed in 2012 to prevent cancer. Mm -hmm. Her own mom was uh, one of 11 children, all born and raised in Carrizoso in this, you know, same place. And each one of those 11 siblings have had at least one child with cancer. Mm, Wow, that's too much. Yeah. So in all, 20 members of her family had different cancers. And so far, six have died. 12 12 of them have had non-cancerous radiation-related sickness. So like thyroid disease, Mm. but not thyroid cancer. And um, she has said that this research into her family's medical problems is traumatic Mm -hmm. and time consuming. It's like a full time job. And she says we've been totally ignored, overlooked. Yeah. But I mean, 20 family members like. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Rosemary Cordova was five months old when the bomb went off. Her family was a few hundred miles from Trinity they were in Pampa, Texas. So this this is quite a bit of a distance, but it's even further away. Mm-hmm. Like that meteorologist had said, like this is gonna this is not normal. It's gonna spread further than it needs to. Mm-hmm. They could have done this another fucking day unless people would have been exposed. Wow. But no, they had to do it. Whatever. So that's why she a hundred miles, few hundred miles away. That's why she was affected. Mm-hmm. So. She thinks that the reason she doesn't have a cancer diagnosis and she's just on a medication for thyroid is because they were so far from the detonation that nobody thought to think nobody, no professional had thought maybe it's exposure from radiation from Mm -hmm. that bomb test. Nobody said that. But she says that cancer has plagued their family and it's, it's so many of them that it's hard to even recall everyone that has had cancer in her family and they're all in the same area like it's it's evident that there was there's something causing this because it's not normal for that many people to have cancer in one family let alone the same type of cancer like come on she says that um her own grandfather had a sheep ranch 50 miles northeast from the trinity site and this was in a village called white oaks he passed away in 1945 but his nine children, many of them were still alive, you know, during the Trinity test and um, had stomach cancer, ovarian cancer. Uh, her uncle Juan had breast cancer. She has a different uncle that was in a prison camp in the Philippines during World War II. I suspect this has something to do with that march, the death march. Oh. Um, because so many people from this community, so uh, so many Mexican, Mexican-Americans and indigenous soldiers during world war ii died in the baton march mm-hmm. and again not talked about that's it on my topic list oh i was like i remember t- did we mention it in another episode yeah oh, i okay. mentioned it in another i think it was the vieques episode mm. mm-hmm. either vieques or the episode on world war ii veterans oh, that were okay, yeah. exposed to that chemical mm-hmm. probably that one, one of the two yeah, it could be. It was probably that one, yeah. 
And so she says, like, yeah, that was in the bomb, but we still lost them to the war. And, like, at the end of the day, the war is really what yeah. caused all this. So uh, Rosemary said that her own mom uh, was diagnosed with brain cancer, died 16 months later. And she says, and this is her quote, cancer is like this branch of the family tree that keeps branching out. Mm, wow. But it's not only genetics. Everyone around here dies of cancer after the bomb. No one was warned. Maybe don't eat the vegetables. Don't drink the water. It makes me sick to think that we were guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's still living in that same area, Tula Rosa. She's there with her son. Her son has a brain tumor. Oh my God. Also probably related mm-hmm. to the exposure. And she says, we were all doomed. Us, our children, our grandchildren, and on and on and on. I pray that one day our government will do what should have been done a long time ago. Um, and yeah, this is going to affect them for the rest of their, yeah. the span of generations of this family. Is, it's going to keep continuing. Like yeah. It's going to keep going. This is another one. Tina Cordova. So Tina's father, Anastasio, was four years old when the bomb went off 40 miles from, from the test site. And he had bouts of prostate cancer and tongue cancer. He eventually died when the cancer spread to his neck at 71 years old. Wow. Tina's mom, Rosalie Cordova, had mouth cancer. Tina herself was diagnosed with thyroid cancer at 39. These other cancerous d- diagnoses are, are widespread throughout her entire family, extended family. She also says the same thing as, you know, the previous um, woman that so many people in that area are all dying or diagnosed with cancer. And she founded the Tularosa Basin Downwinders Consortium. As a leader of the consortium, the group, Tina Cordova testified before Congress and she has spoken in a bunch of classrooms, town halls, and she has been uh, instrumental to changing the narrative of of the Trinity test itself to give a voice to the victims. And she also is fighting to pass legislation to compensate victims of the Mm -hmm. weapons testing and weapons industry in New Mexico. Stella Aguilar, she was 10 years old when the bomb exploded. She was 60 miles from the blast in La Luz. Her father was out actually in the war, so he wasn't there when it happened. But her mom was there and her three younger siblings were all there. She says, the only thing I can remember is that the house was shaking real funny. My mom jumped out of bed and I followed her. We were looking out the kitchen window. The whole sky looked red. I thought it was a fire, but my mom said it was not a fire. We raised most of the vegetables on our land. We had fruit and chickens. We had milk that we drank from a neighbor's cow. And she, her mother and her aunt had enlarged thyroids from a very young age. Stella herself also developed a a tumor in her thyroid. Her daughter has to take medication for thyroid as well. Her grandson was just born without a thyroid. Wow. And Stella's sister was seven years old when the bomb went off. Her sister died of cancer. Her husband also raised in the same area and 14 when when the bomb went off also has cancer. She says the compensation money wouldn't have paid for even one month of health care for my husband. But if the government were to acknowledge or apologize, I think it would mean peace of mind in a way. Yeah. And these interviews are all done by Joshua Wheeler, who also wrote a book called Acid West. And this is a collection of essays about the Trinity test and New Mexico. I'm going to probably add that to my list of books that I want. 
What was it called? Oh, Acid West. You said. Acid West. Yeah. That's just a few accounts of the displacement of people affected by the radiation. Um, but, you know, downwinders, they've been trying to lobby for an extension of this thing called RICA. This is the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act. This was passed in 1990, so still way too long after after World War II, in my opinion. And so this is an administrative program that claims um, or for claims relating to atmospheric nuclear testing and uranium industry employment. So this covers the uranium miners, which I didn't touch in this episode, but a lot of Hispano men and a lot of indigenous men were uranium miners and uranium mining destroyed indigenous land wow. community and and has also you know, affected their health for generations now. And so uranium miners, millers, or transporters are all eligible for a one-time lump sum compensation of $100,000. And then there's on-site participants. And so these are the people that were like right there, that working there. They're eligible for a one-time lump sum compensation of 75000 And then individuals who live downwind of the Nevada test sites. So downwinders is, you know, what they're referred to or how they're referred to, uh, they're eligible for a one-time lump sum compensation of 50000 But you know what? Give them more money. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So far, this act has paid $2.5 billion uh, to the people that it covers. So with, you know, illnesses linked to nuclear weapons development. But this, this compensation, this is less than... 0.0005% of the nation's total spending on nuclear weapons today. Wow. Mm -mm. It's less, less, less than 1%. So they can afford to give them more fucking money. This is insane. And while funding for nuclear weapons continues to grow, every budget they put out has more money on this shit. RICA itself is set to expire in 2024. Wow. And they're currently, downwinders are currently lobbying to have this extended. And, you know, like the most recent update on this is that it was killed like in the floor. Wow. I don't even know which one. I'm gonna look it up to see how I can. Yeah. I don't know. Let's write letters to the stupid senators and shit. Like, yeah. Whoever went to see Oppenheimer, write a fucking letter to your senator to extend Rika. <laughs> That's the least you can fucking do. I'm not watching that stupid movie. <laughs> yeah, no. And so I did see a lot of takes about, oh, well, when um, this tweet came out, somebody posted it on that um, gossip, famous people gossip subreddit that I'm on. I just don't know how to oh, pronounce really? it. That's why I'm not saying it. It seems so out of place there. No, it's not because people have been going wild about Barbieheimer. Oh, true. You're right. Um, and so somebody posted this and like, oh, has anyone seen this? Like, you know, blah, blah, whatever. And a lot of like the replies and stuff were like, well, what do people expect? Like he, of course, he's horrible because, you know, of what he did. Like, we all know he's horrible. We're not expecting like a movie, you know, to glorify him or whatever. But in one of the threads or from that, one of the tweets from that thread, uh -huh. she says that, um, you know, she's been pitching or trying to sell a movie about... Um, and I'm sorry, I forgot her name already. Loida yes, Martinez. Yes, Martinez. That she's been trying to pitch a movie about her for years. Mm -hmm. But instead, movies like Oppenheimer, you know, get made. And it's like, isn't it, you know, don't we have enough movies about people like him? Like, do we really? Well, there's so many. You know, I don't think that 
we need another story, another movie like that, no matter how nuanced the situation is or no matter how aware people are, you know, of what kind of person he was like, you know, why? Why do we need to see this? Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just saw the thread. Oh, okay, you found it. I, I don't have Reddit um is Reddit was being greedy as fuck and I they know. got rid of third party apps. And I use the third party app ever since I used Reddit. Me too. Seven, eight years ago. I used Reddit as fun. Oh, I used Apollo. Okay. And and now I haven't been on Reddit because Oh. I'm not downloading the Reddit app. I already had it because I didn't realize about the third party apps at first and then i downloaded apollo after that and so i already had it i just never went on it but now obviously i have no choice um yeah and i yeah i didn't use to get ads there was no ads <laughs> yeah on apollo yeah. this is fucking reddit man yeah and it's like i would want to see a movie about someone like i mean does anyone think the man who built the atomic bombs is a hero i'm still gonna watch it that's what i'm saying Shut the yeah fuck up. like that's <laughs> such a loser take yeah now i'm just looking through all these so i'm gonna look it up right now too comments i hadn't seen this yeah like i said because i haven't been on reddit oh here it is i was like how long is it gonna take me to find it and take that long at all yeah someone said i enjoyed the movie but it really is a lot more sympathetic towards oppenheimer than people are willing to admit in this thread Mm -hmm. and it's like he doesn't deserve to have sympathy over what this bomb has done or did or is continuing to do like yeah, people are like, oh, I don't I don't expect it to paint a good picture about him. But it's like, that's not the point. The point is that we're not telling the stories about the other, you know, people that were deeply affected by this and continue to be affected by this. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't even get into that many, but people that worked for the labs also had exposure to the same radiation, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's it affected everyone. And like, these people were displaced. And then... Like she writes force to work for the same people that displaced him. And it's not like, no, they they didn't have a gun placed to their head and were forced to work with them. It's more like there was no other option left. They were farmers and their farms were taken. And yeah. then these things were built and people needed to work in these labs and there was no choice. And we've talked about this so many times yeah. about how these industries come in, then they go away and then, yeah, people are left with poverty. And it's it's the same it's the same shit. I just don't see how people, I don't know, are so okay, I guess, with this kind of shit. And I like this, sorry, this comment from mm-hmm. someone said, I don't think that is Alyssa's complaint about it, like about people glamorizing or whatever. Oppenheimer. I mean, sorry, Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> but about whose stories we decide to tell and that people are always like that it's okay to tell morally complex, but ultimately okay stories about white men. And we never decide to tell those stories from the perspective of their victims or the actual heroes that stood up to those kind of people. Exactly. And then, yeah, like she isn't mad about whether he's portrayed as good or bad, but that we frame it as his story when they could tell the story of the locals that were involved and suffered. Yeah. Yeah. And who continue to try and fight for their right to compensation for the shit that they were subjected to against their will. And sorry, really quick, for people that are saying that it's not glorifying Oppenheimer at all. Another comment says, I mean, the movie poster is literally Killian Murphy standing alone, looking cool as fuck in front of an explosion. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. No, for real. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really why I wanted to, the, to do the episode. Not to shit on people who are going to go watch it, but to add, like, you 
are never hurt by learning more history about the people that were affected by these things that the United States loves to glorify because our media, our country, it glorifies the military. It glorifies this kind of shit. Yeah. Um, exactly this movie. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, so learning more about the people affected by these horrible things, it's, it, if anything, like you should, you should be looking at yeah. who lived there because the the popular portrayal is that nobody was there when mm-hmm. it's just not true um so yeah that's really why i wanted to do this episode not not to judge yeah. people that are watching it not to say oh my god i can't believe you're watching this but to say hey maybe read more about this also mm-hmm. but yeah anything else to add before we go mm, no <laughs> no just that as always i appreciate you know the topic that you brought today and i mean it's worth learning more about for sure I'm going to put that book on my list also. Me too. Me too. And uh, yeah, if anyone has time, that video, the one hour uh, interview yeah. worth watching. I was looking through to try and find more people that were there. And there's also I'll put a few more links in the show notes because there was also, like I said, other things I didn't include about like the uranium miners mm-hmm. that were indigenous that were affected by this. But there's more information on on them too out there. So mm-hmm. I'll put those links in the show notes too. Uh, for anyone that wants to read more about this. But yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that this was one less historia unknown for you. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye.